Hey, Drew Dixon here, back with you for another Bible Thump. I'm the chief content nerd at Love They Nerd, and uh, we're in Mark chapter 5. So let's let's read the Bible. Let's, let's get thumping. All right, Mark 5, verse 1. This is a story that you've probably heard before if you've been around the Bible much or around church much. Um, but I think there's so much going on in this little story that hopefully maybe today we'll learn something new and be encouraged by um, who Jesus is and what he did. So uh, let's look at it. Mark 5, starting in verse 1. They came to him to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. And as soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs, and no one was able to restrain him anymore, not even with a chain, because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance... He ran and knelt down before him, and he cried out with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For Jesus had told him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? Jesus asked him. My name is Legion, he answered Jesus, because we are many. And he begged Jesus earnestly not to send them out of the region. A large herd of pigs was there, feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him, Send us to the pigs so that we may enter them. So Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd of about 2,000 pigs rushed down the steep bank and into the sea and drowned there. Crazy, right? This is a crazy, weird story. By the way, I think if you just pause there for a minute and remember that that the Bible initially was primarily written to Jewish people, they would have read into these details here a bit. Pigs in the mind of Jews were unclean animals. And so there's something going on here with all that. Um, all right, verse 14. The men who tended the pigs ran off and reported it to the town and the countryside, and the people went to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. For those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs. And then they began to beg Jesus to leave their region. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, Go home. Go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he went out and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And they were all amazed. Um, so yeah, this is one of the rare instances in the Gospels where we see Jesus ministering in a clearly Gentile region. Uh, the Decapolis, the Greek word for that, literally just means ten towns, and this is an area southeast of Galilee, and it was not a Jewish area. Um, and we see that clearly by the fact that there's pig herders out there, that these people are tending pigs out in this region. That's not something anyone who was Jewish would be Doing, would be caught dead doing, honestly. Um, and we see that this man was likely not Jewish, or if he was, um, he had kind of left that lifestyle behind because he's living among the tombs, and it doesn't get any more um, unclean than that. In the mind of Jews, to be living among the tombs, anywhere close to dead people and, and, um, and, and dead bodies and tombs was to make yourself very unclean, right? And it's interesting that this demon-possessed man fears Jesus, but also seeks him out. 
Like, he's deathly afraid of Jesus, but he's also seen seeking Jesus out. So I think what we're going to see in a minute is that this story isn't just about Jesus' power over the demons. It is about that, but it's also about our priorities and how we respond to Jesus' work of redemption and renewal. So as soon as Jesus gets out of the boat, this man comes out of the tombs quickly to meet Jesus. Like, he makes a beeline to Jesus. And so... um, This is a snapshot of someone who's very conflicted, very troubled, very oppressed, is not doing well. The fact that this guy is not doing well is written all over the story, right? I mean, he's living amongst tombs, like he's living in a graveyard. That's not normal behavior. And also, when he's out there in the tombs, he's cutting himself. He's doing harm to himself. And apparently, he was causing trouble in the region around there because people were binding him with chains and shackles. Like, that's not something you normally do to people unless this guy is causing a lot of trouble. Which, by the way, like, to bind someone with shackles and chains like that is incredibly inhumane. Uh, is a gross and inhumane treatment. Um, so this is a guy who is unclean. This is a guy who is oppressed by demons. Also, he is persecuted by the people around him. I mean, some of that may have been due to his own behavior, right? I mean, he's not completely innocent here, but but all this is 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 rooted in demonic possession, which is something that we don't talk a lot about today, and maybe you even have a hard time believing in. But listen, I, I think this stuff really does happen. Like, that's my take anyway. I think people really do at times get demon-possessed. Like, think about it this way. If it's true, like, if it's true that there are people out in the world that would enslave others, like human trafficking, um, if there's people out in the world who um, <laughs> who would would murder um, multiple people all at once out of anger and, and 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 frustration, like these mass shootings that we've had recently, like if those things are an evil that can take over people in the world, like is it really that hard for us to believe in demonic? possession and oppression. I'm not saying that all those instances are, de- are necessarily due to demonic oppression or possession, but what I am saying is that I think it's clear that we live in a demonic world. Um, so um, this isn't that far-fetched, I think, if we, if we have a bigger picture view of the world. So um, yeah, this guy is, is deeply troubled. He's, and he's conflicted too, because the fact that he runs to Jesus says he wants help. Like, he had certainly heard, I mean, word was getting out everywhere, right, about the kinds of things Jesus was doing for people, how he was healing the sick, casting out demons. I mean, he had a reputation for being someone who could do something about demonic oppression. So this guy wasn't like completely given over to his demons, right? There was a part of him that that saw Jesus and saw hope and saw a way out, saw a potential uh, path towards healing, um, and he ran to him. But then when he gets to Jesus... The demon takes over in a way, sort of, because um, even though the demon speaks to Jesus, it's it's the demon that kind of speaks up to Jesus. The man kneels down before him. Um, so, but that could be the fact that this demon knows who Jesus is, because he does say, "I know who you are." Right? Um, he understands something of Jesus's power and authority. So, I think we see instances that there's some of this man talking talking to Jesus, and there's some of the demon talking. Like, the demons speak on behalf of the man. They say, we know who you are, right? Um, And they said, uh, don't torment us, right? Um, I beg you before God, don't torment me. For Jesus had said, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then Jesus has this conversation with these demons, and the demons say, we're legion, we're many. Um, And the 
they beg Jesus to send them into the pigs. And there's this weird story of Jesus saying, like, okay, you can go to the pigs. I don't know if Jesus is showing these demons mercy in some way or not. It's weird. But uh, a lot of people think that this is Jesus making a statement about, like, um, pagan uh, Greek religion somehow, you know, these pig herders who represent unclean animals, and he allows them to be drowned in the sea, or Jesus making some kind of statement against Rome, like, uh, pigs is like a, like a, uh, representative of an, uh, as an unclean animal, as a representative of this oppressive Roman government, and he's saying, you know, you're going to be cast into the sea. I'm not really sure what's going on there. It is, it is strange, um, but I think we have to, like, see the bigger picture here of what's really going on. Look at how the people respond to the man's dignity being restored. I think that's the big highlight here. They see this man clothed and in his right mind. Like Mark gives us that detail. It's really important. They see this man's dignity being restored. They see that Jesus stepped into this man's life and restored dignity. That Jesus met this man in his pain and his oppression and made him whole, made him more human, gave him love and care and respect, and he is now clothed and in his right mind he's able to to like live again and pursue employment and like provide for himself and have a real life again. And they see this picture of restoration uh, and wholeness being restored to someone who is deeply tormented and broken. And what do they say? Jesus, would you leave, please? Like, what's up with that? Why do they respond to this this vision of this this uh, reality of this guy being being made whole, this broken man being made whole, and they say, "Get out of town, Jesus." I think it's because of what that reality represented. It represented a loss of wealth. It represented a loss of power. It represented a loss of a, a, a financial loss. And so. Um, I think what Jesus is doing here is exposing some of these people's messed up value system. He's not saying that everyone in Rome is doomed to this kind of fate, to being drowned in the sea or something. I don't think that's at all what's going on. He allowed this to happen as an opportunity to expose our messed up values, um, the messed up values of these people. Jesus clearly loves Gentiles because he sees an oppressed Gentile person with most likely this man was Gentile, and restores his dignity. Jesus is in the business of restoring our dignity, of making us whole, of healing us, um, of, of, of seeing the places where we're broken and healing us. But that healing is bigger than just sort of healing by name. It's not just like, oh, hey, you get forgiveness of sins. Oh, hey, like you get to, you get to go to heaven when you die. Oh, hey, you have a relationship with me. No, it's... It's an exposing of our values. It's good news that Jesus exposes our messed up values because, listen, there are things that I value and treasure in life, even if I don't see them, even if I don't admit them, uh, even if I don't see them myself. There's, there are things about my value system as an American person, as, as a human being, that need to change, that need to to expand, to see people like this demon-possessed man and say, I want you to be healed. That see my own, the own areas in my life where I'm spiritually broken, where I'm selfish, where I'm full of myself, where I'm, um, I'm, I'm not loving my family or whatever it is, that I would see those things and say, Jesus, would you step in and reframe, reorient, recapture my heart, reorient my values? Um, it's good news that Jesus reorient, reorients our messed up values. That he exposes them so that we can see them and say, I don't, I don't want that anymore. 
I want to be a part of your kingdom project. And it's our own messed up values that keep us from participating in his good and glorious kingdom. Jesus is king. That's so clear in this passage, isn't it? He shows that he's king over everything, even the evil demonic powers in the world. He's king over those things. Those, these demons fear him because of that. The people fear him because they see that he has power over those things. Um, and so Jesus gives this broken man a beautiful task. He doesn't just heal him. He doesn't just bring him, restore his dignity. He restores his dignity and then says, this guy wants to follow Jesus, of course, because Jesus has done something no one else has been able to do for him. But instead of, um, instead of allowing this man to follow him, Jesus says, go to your own people and tell them about the Lord's mercy. That's why I think this isn't Jesus making a big statement about how Rome is, is screwed. I think because obviously he wants this person to go back to his own Gentile people and tell them, tell them the good news of, of Jesus's mercy. Um, so I think it's our own messed up values that keep us from demonstrating the mercy of God to others, that keep us from seeing the needs of their oppressed around us, that keep us from seeing the people around us who are, are deeply broken, deeply hurt, um, deeply tormented, um, maybe not demon-possessed, but they're tormented by, by the way life's going, by the way by their own uh, past, by whatever it is. But do we see those people and say, man, I want to, God help me step in and show them mercy. Jesus is king over everything. He restores our dignity. And, he, and, he, and part of that process of him restoring our dignity is exposing our messed up value system. So we can say, hey, I don't have to be a part of that. I want to be a part of his kingdom project, don't you? I want to be a part of his plan of renewing the world, of making it better, of healing people's broken values. And listen, that begins with us saying, hey, there's things that I value. There's things that 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 I treasure. There's, there's um, priorities I have that, man, they need to change if I want to be a part of his beautiful kingdom. Um, that's really good news. Thanks for listening. And I uh, hope that you'll tune in again next week. We'll see you again for another Bible Thump. Thanks.